And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. So she prayed to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, but then she would come to Kathy and I, and she'd say, you know, I know I prayed to receive Christ, but I don't feel saved. And so Kathy and I, this went on actually for a couple of weeks. I don't feel saved. I don't feel saved. And so Kathy and I sat down with her. We looked at a number of scriptures. We started at John 16, which we're going to look at this morning. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come... He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now I want you to note verse eight. He says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Now why? Look at verse nine. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Jesus says that the primary sin that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of, the primary sin that the Holy Spirit will convict unbelievers of, is the sin of not putting their faith and their trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ as the full payment for their sins. In other words, it is a sin, the Lord says, to trust in your own goodness, to trust in your own righteousness. You know, if we did a man on the street and walked around Tallahassee, today and we ask folks when you die are you going to heaven or hell a whole lot of people would say I hope I'm going to heaven and then you ask them why a lot of people would say well I'm a pretty good person I pay my taxes I don't rob banks I don't do that well I'm sorry the Bible says our own righteousness is as filthy rags the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God you know The Holy Spirit comes and he convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. The primary sin the Holy Spirit is going to convict of is the sin of not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when I was in college, I attended a revival meeting and uh, this particular evangelist, bless his heart, he was a gifted speaker. He, God used him, but he had a unusual theology he he taught that you couldn't come to faith in christ you couldn't really be saved unless you had confessed every sin you'd ever committed in your life now i don't know about you but i could never remember all the sins i've committed i'd be in trouble well this guy was preaching this this night and and when he gave the altar call sure enough some people came forward to give their hearts to the lord and i'll never forget he took the microphone over and and he there's a big old fella standing right over he says so you want to really give your heart to christ tonight huh and he says yes i do and this evangelist said, okay, start confessing right now every sin you've ever committed. And, and I could see this fellow from the side and his eyes got big. And he gulped. He says, every sin? 
He says, every sin. And so the fellow begins stammering and stuttering. And well, I, 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 I told, told, told someone true last week. And, 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 and his, you can just see his brain is going. And I'm thinking, where is this evangelist going with this? And, and, and finally, the fellow started confessing to some acts of immorality, some things that, that everybody in that, that church would have been far better never hearing about. You know? <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't think most of us could remember our, our, our sins. See, the Bible says that in order to come to Christ, the chief confession that you've got to make is the confession that Jesus Christ is now my Lord and my Savior. Amen? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, sometimes people get confused about this thing about confessing sins because as they read the Bible, they're not always looking at it in context. But in Acts chapter 19, there's this tremendous revival that the Apostle Paul has at Ephesus. And we read about what happens in that revival. Look in verses 18 and 20. It says, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Did you see that? Read that first sentence with me. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Did their confession and telling of their deeds come before they were saved or after they had believed? Look at it. It says they, they had believed and so then they confessed and told their deeds. Here's what was going on. These folks had come to faith in Jesus Christ. They'd come out of the kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of God's dear son. And now they begin telling what God has done for them. They are literally giving a testimony. And verse 19 gives us a little more insight. It says also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. See, the Bible doesn't say in verse 18 exactly what deeds they were confessing to. Verse 19 makes it appear that they were confessing that they had been involved in the dark and black magic into occult magic and now they're confessing and burning their magic books not because they're trying to be saved but because they have been saved because they have been changed because they they are new on the inside and the holy spirit is, is is encouraged them saying this is not right you need to change your life so now they're testifying to what god has already done hallelujah you know it's real easy folks to get the cart in front of the horse it's, it's, it's just real easy to do. You know, I, I've been around some Christians that have told unsaved people who have told people that don't know Christ. They said, well, in order for you to become a Christian, you got to stop doing this and you got to stop doing that and you got to stop doing the other and you got to change this and you got to change that. And when you've got made all these changes, then you can become a Christian. Folks, hear me and hear me clearly. The main issue is this. Have you trusted the shed blood of Christ as the full payment for your sins is Jesus Christ the King the Lord and the Master and the Savior of your life are you allowing Jesus to have the dominion inside you see when people really come to Christ when they really get saved when they get on fire for God they're going to turn away from sin years ago there was a lady who attended our church 
And her husband wouldn't come. And I would see him occasionally. I'd say, why don't you please come to church with her? He'd say, I'll tell you, Pastor. He says, I've just decided that I can't live a Christian life. He says, uh, he says, you know, my wife's on me all the time. And my wife's always telling me, saying, his name was Hank. He says, Hank, if you'll, if you'll stop smoking, if you'll stop drinking, if you'll stop gambling, if you'll stop cussing, then you can give your heart to Jesus. And here's, here's the deal, Pastor. My wife doesn't realize, but I've tried to stop cussing, but I can't do it. I've tried to stop drinking, but I can't do it. I've tried to stop smoking, but I can't do it. I've tried to stop gambling, but I can't do it. Well, folks, hear me and hear me well. Christianity is not behavior modification. You can't live for Christ apart from Christ living in you. You can't live for the Lord Jesus. You can't change yourself. It's not a New Year's resolution. The only way you can change is by the Spirit of God working in you. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and came and gave his life for me. Dear ones, there was no way that I could live a, a godly life. There's no way that I could live a life pleasing to the Lord apart from the Holy Ghost. See, the wonderful thing is that when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, He will come in and He'll also bring the Father and the Son with Him. And He, and he, and he brings the Holy Spirit. And the first name of the Spirit of God is Holy. Tell somebody that. The first name of the Spirit of God is Holy. And when you get filled with this Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit will go to work. And if you've got things in your life that aren't right, if you've got things in your life that need to be changed, the holiness of the Holy Spirit will come and start working in your life. Hallelujah. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away, because if I go away, I'm going to send the comforter. There's a sevenfold meaning of the word comforter. He says, I'm going to send the counselor. Dear ones, there are times that you and I all need counsel. We don't know what to do. Let me tell you how you get the counsel of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, but we have the mind of Christ think about that but we have the mind he's not talking about when we get to heaven paul's writing it to the corinthians he says but you have the mind of christ so where's the mind of christ is it in our head come on is it in our emotions Where's the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ is in our born again human spirit the mind of christ is right in here John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, he says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Now, you don't know everything up here, but he says you've got an anointing, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the one who's the counselor. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He knows some things that you don't know. And there are times that we're crying out for wisdom. We're crying out for counsel. We're crying out for advice. I'm going to tell you something. You just need, you need to spend some time in prayer and spend some time meditating in his word, but then spend some time and get quiet and say, Spirit of God, would you make the things that, that 
are real to you, real to me. Would you, Spirit of God, would you give me the mind of Christ on decision making? And I'm telling you, if you'll wait in the presence of God, I'm not saying you're going to hear something from God every time, but I'm telling you, you'll start hearing the Spirit of God and you'll hear a voice that's saying, this is the way, walk ye in. And somebody say hallelujah. You see, this, this abiding Holy Spirit is a counselor. He's a helper. He's an intercessor. He's an advocate. He's a strengthener. He's a standby. But you see, the devil wants to condemn you. The devil wants you to get focused on, on where you missed it and how many times you messed up. And the devil wants you to think that, hey, you can't approach God. You can't, you can't expect God to speak to you. You can't expect God to answer your prayers. But the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. Folks, sinners and unbelievers, I'm talking about people in the world, not people in church, but sinners and unbelievers are guilty of one sin, I believe, in the sight of God. And that's the sin of rejecting the shed blood of Christ as the full payment for their sins. And some misguided Christians, like this evangelist that I mentioned earlier, you know, they go around telling people, well, you've got to confess every sin that you've ever committed in order to be saved. Folks, listen to me. How many of you know that the governor can, can commute prison sentences? He can parole people. Somebody can be a prisoner one day and the governor can say, you know what? I'm going to parole you and get you out of prison. What if Governor Scott, what if Governor Scott went to a local prison, a state prison, and he found a particular convict and he says, you know what? I'm going to parole you if you'll just confess that you're a prison convict well folks everybody knows he's a prison convict i mean that's an indisputable fact that's the reason the guy is behind bars and if you go around just trying to confess your sin all the time let me tell you what you're going to be thinking about you're going to be thinking about your sin you're going to have a sin consciousness but if you'll go around confessing jesus christ is my lord jesus christ is my king greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world then you're going to have a consciousness of who you belong to Romans 10, 9 and 10 again says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, there's got to be a vocal confession. Folks, your lips are going to have to frame the words. Confession of Christ is not only for my sake. I confess that Jesus Christ is my sake for your sake too, for the world's sake. I belong to Jesus. That's what water baptism is about. When somebody is baptized in water, we're saying i belong to jesus my life has been changed i may i I may not be perfect and i may look the same on the outside but there's been a change on the inside and i'm identifying with christ in his life in his death and in his resurrection and when you go under the water i'm gonna tell you something that pastor is going to bring you back up okay if it's alex taylor he will bring you back up amen Because Jesus came up on the third day. Amen. He's not going to keep you down there for three days either. (laughs) Glory to God. But you see, it's so important that I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. He is my God. He is my Savior. Jesus, I want you to have the dominion in my life. You're greater than any principality or power. You're greater than any force. 
You are the King of Kings and you are the Lord of Lords. See, it's good for, for me, my own ears to hear that, but it's good for the world to hear that, but it's also good for the devil to hear that. I used to run with you, devil, but I don't run with you anymore. I used to do things I shouldn't do, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm now a child of the King. Hallelujah. What Kathy and I shared with this lady who wasn't sure, she says, I don't feel saved. We, we shared with her John chapter 16 and Romans 10, 9 and 10. And I remember we prayed that with her. I, I said, just do you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead? She says, I do. I said, well, the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And so we prayed with her again. And she says, but I don't feel saved. And I finally looked at her and says, well, maybe you don't feel saved because your own heart isn't coming into agreement with the word of God. It's time for you to start standing on the word of God and not standing on your emotions. You just need to tell yourself and tell the devil, I don't care what my emotions are saying. I've confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life and he has forgiven me of my sins and I'm a new creature in Christ and he is at work in my life. I used to be in the kingdom of darkness, but now I've been brought into the kingdom of God's dear son. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness in my heart that I am a child of God. Hallelujah. I really believe that a lot of people who struggle, they say, I just don't feel like I'm a Christian. I don't feel like I'm forgiven. There are a lot of people who struggle with forgiving themselves for the sins of the past. There are a lot of people that struggle. You know, God forgives us, but sometimes we just fail to forgive ourselves. And, and, and dear one, if, if God's forgiven you, who in the world are you not to forgive yourself? Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33 says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Folks, again, I just think our confession of Jesus needs to be public. We we, we just need to be wide open about this. You say, well, pastor, what what about somebody that's come to Christ and then they fall into sin? What about them? I'm glad you asked that question. Many years ago, Kathy and I were pastoring in the Chicago area. And I had a fellow who who asked to meet with me and he says, he says, you don't know me well, Terrell, but I really love Jesus. I, I really do. But I got a problem. And he says, uh, my problem is that I, I keep falling into immorality. He says, uh, before I became a Christian, he says, I was very sexually active. He says, I, I, I slept with all kinds of women in college. And then, then I was, after I got out of school and started in business, he says, I was with several different women each week. And he says, then I met a wonderful lady and I married her and we were married for three years, but then she decided she didn't want to be married to me anymore. And she took off with another fellow. And, and I just got to confess to you, I, I, I've come to Christ and I love Jesus, but I burn with sexual passion and I 
I'm just not sure what to do. And, and, and pastor last week, I took a, a lady out just to have dinner together and then a cup of coffee. And I didn't mean to do it. I never intended to do it, but I ended up in bed with her pastor. And I, I'm just so ashamed. And I, 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 I just feel so defeated in this area and I don't know what to do. And, you know, I, I just, I just looked at him and I said, well, my friend, a couple of things I want to say to you. Number one, God is the one who created sexual desire. It's from God. It's not from the devil. But God knows that the only context in which sexual relationships are ultimately thrilling and fulfilling and and healing for our souls is the context of a committed relationship that's based on covenant, and that is called marriage. It's the only way to bring security to your soul. And even in a marriage, even in a Christian marriage, you've got to work on things. You have to, see, as a, as a husband, I've had to work at being a good husband to Kathy because basically Paul alluded to it this morning. Basically, we're all born selfish. And I didn't know how selfish I was till I got married and had to share things with somebody else. And then I didn't know how selfish I was again until our firstborn was born. And man, I got deprived of sleep and I thought, I don't like this. And then our second child came and it was even more self-denial. And I thought, I didn't know how selfish I was. And then the third one came. Woo. (laughs) Kathy says, woo. Thank God that, 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 that God will help us to change. He'll help us to mature. He'll help us to grow up. Glory to God. I said, God is the one who's given you this desire, not the devil. Number one. Number two, you need to repent before the Lord and ask him to forgive you for this immorality. And you need to then forgive yourself. Number three, David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The only way you're going to overcome this is by getting the word of God at work inside your spirit. This word is alive. And I want you to promise me that every day you're going to read a minimum of one chapter in the Bible. Start at the gospel of John. And then I want you to read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then the rest of the New Testament. And then come and talk to me. And we'll talk about getting into Psalms and Proverbs of some of the Old Testament. But you see, you need to be in the New Testament. Testament because the New Testament talks about who we are and what we have in Christ Jesus. You'll find your identity in the New Testament. I said, not only that, you need to find somebody that can be an accountability partner, somebody, and I'll help you find another Christian man. And I want you guys to, 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 and I did it. I introduced him to another guy and I met with him. I said, guys, I want you to call each other at least two times a week, if not more. And I want you to ask yourself some, ask each other some hard questions. Ask, are you, are you staying pure in your thought life? Are you staying pure sexually? How are things going? And I said, finally, you got to, we're in a warfare. And 2 Corinthians 10, and I took him to 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, which says, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't do warfare according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And I said, a stronghold is a thought that holds you strongly. And I said, when pornographic thoughts come into your 
head when they come across your mind. You've got to learn not to entertain them and not to meditate on them. What you've got to do is you've got to take those thoughts captive. That's what Paul says. He says, take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience to the knowledge of Christ. You can literally cast it down and you do that with your words. You say, you file pornographic thought, get out of my head. See, sometimes you can't help, you can't help the birds from flying over your head, your, your, your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Amen? Amen. And so he started doing it. I'm happy to say that that man today is happily married to a Christian woman and God has given them a fantastic family. Well, you know, if you and I are going to overcome temptation, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, he says, pray this way. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver me from evil. We need to make that a daily prayer. Jesus, I want you to deliver me from evil today. I want you to deliver me from the snares of the enemy. And I want you to deliver me from the problems that my own flesh creates. And I want you to deliver me, Lord God, even even in the midst of the problems that some other people's flesh creates. God, you're a delivering God. Lead me not into to, to, to lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. I'm telling you, you can avoid some marvelous opportunities to get sidetracked. Because here's what happens when a Christian falls into sin, you start losing your joy. When a, when a Christian falls into sin, you'll start losing your, your testimony. And the reason for that is because you, you, you violated your fellowship with the Lord. You violated your fellowship with the Lord. And folks, your fellowship with God is what makes living a Christian life fun. He walks with me and he talks with me. Come on. You can enjoy his presence 24-7. But when you violate that fellowship, then the old devil will come along and he'll bring a spirit of condemnation on you. And the old devil will say, you might as well not pray. God doesn't want to see you. Look at what you did. You might as well not even try. You might as well not read your Bible. But the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. Glory to God. I, I know there are some people that, that think that the that first John was written for, for the world and for unbelievers. But if you'll if you'll study the, the little book of first John, not the Gospel of John, but the book of First John, which is back in the close to the book of Revelation, you'll find that that is a book that is written to Christian believers who have fallen into sin. They've got active sin in their life. And look at what John says. First John chapter one, verse eight says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness folks he's not writing this to unbelievers telling them how to come to faith in Christ you come to faith in Christ by believing in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead and confessing with your mouth what do you confess Jesus Christ is Lord come on proclaim it with me shout it at me Jesus Christ is Lord that that's how you get saved. Somebody say, it feels good, doesn't it? Yes. Glory to God. But if you're a believer and then you fall into sin, what do you do? Immediately. Immediately. See, the instant you do something wrong, you're going to feel a grieving down inside your spirit, man. Your recreated human spirit will let you know that you've sinned. And if that happens, don't wait. 
Don't stop. Immediately find a place where you can be quiet and say, Lord God, I just sinned. I just blew it. I just told something that wasn't true. I just, I just, I just participated in something I shouldn't participate in. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I'm running to you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus cleanses you at the moment that you ask forgiveness. And it's not necessary to keep confessing those sins over and over and over and over and over. In fact, here's the deal. I know some people that have fallen into sin and disappointed themselves and disappointed others. And and they keep confessing those sins again and again. And the root of it is that they can't forgive themselves. See, God will forgive you, but many times we can't forgive ourselves, and so we confess it over and over and over again. And let me tell you something. That will eat away, that will deteriorate your ability to stand with confidence in God's sight. The Bible tells me in Hebrews 4 that we're to come boldly to the throne of grace. It doesn't say come timidly to the throne of grace. The Bible doesn't say come tiptoeing into the throne of grace. My Bible says that we're to come boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and we can find help in time of need. I can't think of a better time than I need help. It's when I need forgiveness working in my life. So Isaiah 43, 25. Look at this. Read this aloud and loudly with me. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. When you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. So who do you think you are holding on to your old sins? He says he's not going to remember them. Let's look at Jeremiah 31, 34. Read this aloud and loudly. Use your best voice. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. How long is he going to remember our sin? Come on, you can do better than that. How long is he going to remember our sin? No more. Psalms 103 verse 12. Aloud and loudly with me. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. Folks, east does not meet west. If you get on a plane today and say, I want to travel west, and you're going to travel across the United States over the Rocky Mountains, you're going to travel over the coast of California, you're going to travel over Hawaii, you're going to travel over Asia, you're going to get over Eurasia as you keep going, then you're going to make your way over the eastern seaboard of, 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 of Europe, and then you're going to come across the Atlantic, and then you're going to come back here. And you know what? You've traveled west the whole time, and west has never met east. And if we say, let's get on that same plane and travel east. Okay, we're going to go start traveling east now. Now, chances are you're not going to travel just eastward, just across the Atlanta, but you're going to follow the, the, the eastern seaboard of the United States north. And you're going to, and you're going to go up over Canada and you're going to go up over Iceland and Greenland and you're going to come over Scandinavia. And then you're going to come down and probably touch down in England and get some gas. And after you gassed up, then you're going to get going and you're going to go across Europe and then you're going to go across Eurasia and then you're going to go across the Far East and then you're 
you're going to go across the Pacific Ocean. And then you're going to come across Hawaii again. And then you're going to come across into California. And then you're going to come back here. And guess what? You've traveled east the whole time. And east has never met west. And God says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as I've removed your transgressions from us. Folks, that's worth shouting about. Hallelujah. Folks, if God's got no memory that you broke your fellowship with him, if you've made things right with him, why in the world should you hold on to it? Why should in the world do you allow it to draw you down? You know, sometimes people will say, Terrell, I want you to pray for me. I just don't have any confidence that God will answer my prayers. I've just sinned so much. Folks, if you've asked God's forgiveness, he doesn't remember your sins. Why should you hold on to it? We got to be willing to forgive ourselves. Too many people rob themselves of faith in God because they just can't let go of the past. I've said it so many times, but I'll say it one more time. Your front windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror because where you're going is more important than where you've been. Yesterday, Florida State. (laughs) Stay with me now. Stay with me. Yesterday, we had the worst beatdown. We had the worst defeat in the history of Florida State University football. Worst loss ever. The task for Coach Jimbo Fisher today and the other coaches is to make sure that those players have processed the pain of what happened yesterday, but that they forget about it and get ready for the University of South Florida Bulls. Teams that get humiliated on national television the way the Seminoles did yesterday. So many times those teams will, will actually lose the next game because they still have the pain and the sense of failure about them. And they allow that team to beat them twice. What am I saying to you? There are two men in the Bible that failed miserably. They both denied Christ. One of them, his name was Peter. And Peter repented and was restored to relationship with God. And Peter had to let the past be the past. Folks, there was another man named Judas. Judas denied Christ. The Bible says instead of repenting, Judas was filled with remorse. He kept thinking about how much he had blown it. He kept thinking about how how, how terrible he was. He kept putting himself down. And eventually Judas committed suicide. Remorse will not take you anywhere. Remorse will destroy you. Folks, the Holy Spirit brings conviction, not condemnation. The devil's the one that brings condemnation. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. 
The devil brings condemnation. The devil wants to cripple you. The devil wants to castrate your faith. The devil wants to castigate you. The devil wants you to make you feel like you're on the outside looking in. But I'm telling you that when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he makes you a new creature in Christ. He's working in your life to willing to do of his good pleasure. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants you to respond to his love. He wants you to say, Lord, I, daddy, God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. I want everybody to stand to your feet. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.